So uh, revive, the definition for revive um, is restore to life or consciousness. So God wants to restore his people. He wants to restore our consciousness. I know everything that's going on in the world, this COVID, all these restrictions, these masks, you can't breathe, you're irritated, you're frustrated. I am too sometimes, amen, I can't breathe, people can't understand me, even without the mask, you know, so I do my best. But um, let's go ahead and pray before I get started, amen. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we're very thankful today for your word, for your spirit, for your freedom, Father. I pray that you fill this house, this temple with your spirit, Lord God. Let us know that you are with us, Father. Fill each and every one of us with the Holy Spirit, humbling us, Lord God, opening our hearts, opening our ears so we're able to be receptive to your word and to your message, Lord. I pray that you continue to guide your people, Lord, that, that these words are yours, not mine, that I begin to decrease and you begin to increase, Father God, that you just use me for I am a willing vessel, Lord. Become my mouthpiece, Father, for I give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are, for you are faithful, Father God. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever, Father, for you do not change. So we're very thankful for you being who you are, for you are the great I am, Father. We're very thankful for you, your son, and your spirit, Father. We're just very thankful once again. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. So today's title, if you guys would like to title it, it's called Revive Our Lives. Amen. Revive Our Lives. Let's go ahead and turn to uh, Psalms chapter 51, verses 10 through 12. Psalms chapter 51, verses 10 through 12. Amen, amen. So this psalm, chapter 51, this is, uh, David wrote this psalm after Nathan, who was the prophet at the time, uh, confronted him for the, uh, the sins that he committed, which is uh, he committed uh, adultery with a married woman. Her name was Bathsheba. Her husband was Uriah, who was a uh, commander in the army. So um, long story short, David seen her. He wanted, you know, he, he committed adultery with her. He got caught, so he caught uh, ordered her husband to go to battle where the battle was thick, where, where people were dying. So he knew he was going to get killed. So he sent him into the army willing, knowingly that he was going to get killed. So Nathan, the prophet, who was a man of, uh, man of God at, the, at that time, he was a prophet. Uh, so he confronted David once again. And then um, David realized that he needed to repent. He realized that he, he went astray somewhere. So let's go ahead and take a look at David's life. Uh, Psalms 51, verses 10 through 12. The word of God reads, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. I believe this world has accepted and gotten used to this COVID, but we can't forget church 
God's people, that we don't belong to this world. The world may have done a backflip. The world may have freaked out. But that doesn't mean we have to. For we have God. We have the Lord. We have the great I am. The, the, what, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. This didn't catch him by his su surprise. He knew this was going to happen. He just wanted to see how his people were going to react to it. We can't let this world influence us. No, we need to influence this world by what Jesus has done in our lives. By what, uh, the transformation taking place in our lives. We can't stay stuck just because this world's stuck. <laughs> Let them stay stuck. Let them stay stuck. Go ahead and pass them by. Don't pass them by. As a matter of fact, stop and invite them to church. Because this world is on a uh, road, and it's, uh, it's called the road to destruction. And I was once on that path. I was once on that road. If you guys don't know who I am, my name is Chris. I've been in the home, uh, the men's home, for about three and a half years, going on four years. You know, God's delivered me from addiction. He's delivered me from depression. Uh, you know, I was hopeless. I had no purpose in life. I felt that everyone was against me. I would have been against me too if you knew who I was back then, you know. Lock the doors. Chris is coming. He probably wants some food or something. We ain't got no food here, boy. No, but for reals, I wouldn't have let me in either. But just because this world is stuck doesn't mean we need to stay stuck with them. We need to let them know that there is a light shining. Just because they're in darkness doesn't mean we need to sit in the darkness. No, we need to pull them out of the darkness. God wants to revive his people because when these restrictions get lifted, when these masks go away, he wants to put a word in your mouth. He wants to give people hope and you are that person for the job. He has called you for a purpose. He has called you for a reason. You are not here by mistake. You are not here by accident. But God is saying to his people, wake up, children. I see you, son. I hear you, daughter. You are not alone. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Your parents may have left you. Your friends may have left you. But I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Get up. Get up, child. I love you. God is telling his people, I love you. Do you love me? If you love me, then do what I say in the book of John. It says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Like I said, God's delivered me from a, ba uh, a dark past, from addiction. So Let's, let's backtrack. So in 2012, I was about 18. I got saved. I got delivered. I was doing good for about two years, from like 18 to 21, about two and a half years roughly. So I know who God was, right? And then I backslid. I relapsed. I started doing drugs again. So I knew who God was. I was just living a, a double-minded life. But I would always read. I never really prayed too much, I'm going to be honest, but I would always read my word. All day, every day, because I knew God was for reals, and I knew he wanted to do something with my life, just like he wants to do with something with all your guys' lives. So, but the word, I was deceiving myself. I said, yeah, of course I love God. This is when I was in my addiction. He sent his son to set me free, but I wasn't living a free life. I was still doing what my sinful nature wanted. The word says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. So God wants to see his people... Begin not, not, not to only say they love them, but to show it in their actions. Remember, we do not belong to this world. We should influence it. Don't let the world influence you. Amen. There's somebody, they could be sitting next to you, it could be a family member, it could be a loved one, it could be somebody at the, the grocery store, it could be anybody, someone at the DMV line, because you know how long those lines are, no one even wants to go anymore. It could be anybody. 
they, you could be their hope. You could be the person that tells them about Jesus. You could be the Jesus in their life. You have no idea who you're sitting next to. You have no idea who you'll meet. And that's on an everyday basis. Every time I go out, I always look for an opportunity, either for someone to minister to me, because sometimes I go through it. Sometimes I need a word. Sometimes I need an encouragement. Come on, I'm not perfect, people. Sometimes we need encouragement. But what about when someone else needs encouragement? What about when your light is lit? What about when you're up and uh, you feel good? You need to share that joy with other people. Amen? And it all starts with us. Revival starts with us. So are we willing to allow God to revive us. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today, tonight. Amen? So I believe this world has accepted and gotten used to this COVID, which affected our hearts in one way or another. Whether it's fear, doubt, disbelief, worry, anxiety. When people sneeze, we used to say, God bless you. Now we say six feet. You know, when people cough, you say quarantine, you know, I'll be standing in line waiting to buy some chips and I'm like a little too close, probably like five and a half, you know, five and a half, uh, half feet apart. They look at me all crazy. Like, well, I'm just trying to get some chips, man. So what, which affected the hearts in one way or another, what did we allow in our hearts that caused our fire Passion, desire to change. I'm going to ask that question one more time. And I really want you to think about this. What did we allow in our hearts that caused our fire, our passion, our desire, our wants, our ambition, our passion? What, what got our attention? What did we allow in our lives? Because if you can figure out what we allowed in our hearts and we can remove that, then we will get back to the place where we belong. Then we will get that fire. God doesn't want to restore the fire that you once had. He wants to make that fire bigger. He doesn't want to give you that desire. That you, he wants to make your desires bigger and greater. He wants your passion to burn brighter than ever before. And today is the day. Today is the day. Amen. What took our focus off of the cross? What distracted us? Could it be fear, worry, doubt, or disbelief? You see, the devil has a plan. He has a purpose. And his purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. So if you watch the news, which we don't watch too much of, but, I mean, I hear people talk because people talk loud. And, uh, man, it's crazy out there. I remember when quarantine first happened, which is last year in, like, what, like May, maybe March, my God, there's no food on the shelves. There's no toilet paper, no water. I was like, geez, they're going to make more next week. <laughs> really? But this world literally flipped upside down. Did we flip with them? Or were we the person to encourage them? I called my family because, like I said, we're, the men's home, we're, we're, we're quarantined for a minute. You know, God got us through. Praise God. Amen. But um, we, I would call my family, I'm like, hey, how you guys doing? Trying to, you know, make sure they're not freaking out. And my sister's like, yeah, man, the stores, they don't have anything. So I just bought beans and rice. And I was like, you don't even know how to make beans and rice. What <laughs> the heck? Just go to McDonald's or something. They have food still? No, but really, the devil has a purpose in life. And his life is to get us distracted. His life is to take us off the cross. 
our eyes off the cross. See, the cross is the most essential thing here on earth. It is more essential than the air you breathe, than the water that you drink, than the food that you eat. If we didn't have the Lord God on our side, if he wasn't providing for us, we wouldn't even have any of those things to begin with. We wouldn't even have this life to begin with. Amen? You guys with me? See, the devil wants to take our eyes off of the cross, which is a lot of, we're guilt, I'm guilty of this, which is the COVID. Everyone is freaking out. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because the whole world was affected. Not just the state, not just the city, not just the country, but the world. The whole world was affected by this. But how many know our God wasn't affected by it? How many know that our God is going to get us through it? And he has got us through it. Amen? Moving on. Well, let's take a look at David's life. He wrote this psalm after Nathan the prophet confronted him about committing adultery with Bathsheba. This is a man that was known to be after God's own heart. This is a man who loved God. This is a man who followed God. This is a man who, who served God. He loved God with all his heart. Ever since he was a little kid working uh, in the fields, taking sheep, uh, care of the lambs, taking care of the sheep, he, he always loved God. He's the one who defeated David. Uh, I mean, uh, David defeated Goliath. So he always feared God. He always trusted in God. And this is a godly, righteous man. So if he got distracted and if he, he, he lost focus and if he got... Uh, not aligned, but uh, if, if he didn't get aligned, if he got distracted, if he got uh, took it off course, then we need to be on our toes. We need to be careful. We need to be alert. We need to be awake. That's why the Bible says uh, be sober-minded, to be awake and sober-minded because the uh, devil's like a, a lion looking for someone to devour. He's prowling around like a lion looking for t uh, someone to devour. Amen. But when he bites, he ain't got no teeth, so he ain't really got to worry about that. So somewhere down the line, he got distracted and lost focus on what really mattered. God is the most essential thing here on earth. You see, David knew the condition he was in, so he pleaded with God to be, give, uh, to be forgiven and to be restored. That's why he wrote the book, uh, the, uh, Psalms chapter uh, 51, amen? Before revival comes, we need to know that we need revival in our lives. My question to you today is what kind of condition are you in? What kind of condition am I in? What kind of condition are, is this church or is this people in? And you don't have to answer it out loud. You don't got to go tell Facebook or YouTube. You don't gotta, no, just, this, is, this is between you and God. You and God. Because he's listening, he cares, and he loves it. If he did, if he, <laughs> I'm going to go there, but he loves you. And he has you here for a purpose, on purpose. Amen. So David knew that his heart had went astray. That's why he cried out to, to God wholeheartedly. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because I have like 30 other favorite verses, but this is one of them. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. If you guys could turn there. Proverbs chapter 4, verse The word of God reads, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. See, what, 
what stuck out to me out of, out of that, that verse was those, the two words was heart and course. Now the word course literally means a route, the route or direction followed by a ship, aircraft, road, or river. So our heart literally determines the road we're going to go. Our heart literally determines which way we're going to turn. Are we going to go turn left? Are we going to turn right? Are we going to go straight? Are we going to go backwards? It all starts with your heart, for it determines the road that you are going to take. So that's why it's very important for God's people to protect their heart. If you have a bad, deceitful heart, you will walk down a bad and deceitful road. But if you have a heart like Christ, then you will walk on the right road, or in other words, the narrow road. The Bible talks about the two pathways in life we can take. In the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 13, it talks about the two, the two pathways, the two roads. You don't have to turn there. But uh, in, in Matthew, chapter 7, verse 13, it says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. I'm here to encourage you that if you have a loved one, if you have a family member, if you, if you have a, a son, a daughter, a cousin, an auntie, an uncle, whoever it may be, if, they're on, if you know they're not on the right road, well, I'm here to encourage you that if God changed my life, he can change their life. And he just might do, uh, use you to do it. He just might use you to do it. So you need to stay on fire for God. I need to stay on fire for God. We need to pump each other up. If you see your brother's head down, lift his spirits high. Maybe he just needs a positive word. Maybe he just needs a hug. But not right now. No, I'm just playing. You guys can hug, I guess. That's your business. Just not here. So one is the narrow road and the other is the broad way. Which path are you on? That's why revival is so important. Revival is meant to wake us up and to bring us back to life so we will be able to stay on the narrow road. See, this revival that's taking place that God wants to do in his life, so... So from what I hear, they're supposed to be opening everything up in June 18th. Whether the masks stay, whether the masks go, I'm not too sure. But everything's supposed to be opening up, all the amusement parks and zoos. So that's like next month. So God's people need to be alive and awake and alert so they can have a word for those who are still stuck, for those who still have fears, so, to those who still have doubts, to those who don't believe in God. Because all they may need is someone on fire for God. To, someone say, I want what that person has. Ooh, what God do they serve? I want what they have. Well, I don't know what it is, but something's just attracted me to them because their anointing is like a magnet. Sometimes it's like, what the heck am I doing over here? He's like, hello, buddy, how you doing? He's a believer. It's like, Wow. You can just feel it around them. You just want to be next to them, that joy, that presence. It's because they're with God. It's because we're all the same in God's eyes. I'm no better than you. We're all equal. But we all have the same God inside of us. You never know who's looking up to you. You never know who's seeing if you're going to hang on. It's like, man, if he can hold on, I have a chance. If he can do it, God can change my life. You never know who's watching. You never know who's looking up to you. You never know who said, my God, if they can do it, I can do it too. And a lot of the people who say they don't believe, they really do believe. They're just hurt. Or a lot of them are backsliders if you talk to them. A lot of them were once believers. But some, somewhere down the road, somewhere down the line, something happened. Maybe they got um, offended 
at church or maybe they got offended by somebody somewhere, somewhere, uh, whatever the case may be. That's why it's important for us to guard our hearts so we won't become offended. Amen. So we, we need to get back that passion we once had and allow our fire to burn bigger and brighter than ever before. That's why it's important for us to protect ourselves with the armor of God. The, uh, the breastplate of righteousness protects our heart, which is the seat of our emotions. The book of Ephesians chapter 6, 14, uh, well, chapter 6, talks about the armor of God. And this is what we need. To, we're in a warfare. This is a battle. And I don't want to go to battle with, with, without no armor. I don't know about you guys. I'm not going to go to no war. With the, you know, no, I need some armor on. Dude, give me that helmet. Let me get your shield too, man. Let me get two of those things. Shoot. You know, for us, we're in a battle. But how many know we already have the victory? How many know we're, God's already given us the victory? The devil is underneath our feet. God has given us authority to trample over snakes and scorpions. God has given his people the victory. But do you believe? Do you believe? And I believe all of you do believe because you are here today. Whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, hello, good evening. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. So you, all of you guys sitting here today, I really believe all of you believe. And you guys all have a fire burning within you. All of you guys have, I can see it in all of you guys. You guys are great, mighty men and women of God. What I believe is because I lacked a lot of confidence. I lacked a lot. I had a lot of insecurities that, uh, which prevented me from speaking or which prevented me from uh, uh, getting out of my shell, which prevented me from being who God's called me to be. And that's a life of the enemy. You're beautiful. You're a handsome man. God created you like that on purpose. There's, you're flawless. You're made in God's image. You're made in God's image. Don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of his word. Revival. God wants to bring us back to life. Amen. Whether we're alive spiritually, physically, we're here today. And God wants to restore our consciousness. He wants us not to focus on the news, not to focus on any disease, not to focus on any sickness, not to focus on the doctor's report. How many know the doctors aren't always right? My God is the great physician. My God is the great physician. I've seen him heal people with cancer. I've seen people get healed. I've, I've, I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it. One of my dad's friends had cancer, and uh, me and my dad were, were driving, kind of driving past his house. And I was really battling with saying this prayer out loud because I didn't want to, you know, I don't I know. I just I battled with saying this out loud. But I, but I prayed, Lord God, I pray that you heal my, my, da my dad's friend from cancer. In Jesus' name, amen. Simple prayer, right? And I really, truly believe that prayer. I don't know how long later, but he didn't have cancer after that. Amen. So our God heals physically, mentally, spiritually. Amen. Point number one. That was just my intro. <laughs> you guys don't mind, do you, right? No. Point number one. God wants to revive our hearts. Amen. If you go back to my opening scripture, which is Psalms 51, verse 10, it says, create in me a clean heart. This is David speaking. This is the David, a man after God's own heart. He's saying, God, create within me a clean heart. Because somewhere down the line, it got a little dirty. Somewhere down the line, it went a little astray, which is okay. Just get back to where you belong. Amen? 
Point number one, God wants to revive our hearts. God wants to revive our hearts so we can get back that passion we once had. When you love someone, you'll do pretty much anything for them. How many of us can agree to that? You'll cut your hair a certain way. You'll you'll dress a certain way. I don't even like dressing like this, but, you know. God's saying the same thing. If you love me, then show me. Amen? Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. The word of God reads, And I will give you a new heart. And I will give you a new heart. Not an old one. I will give you a new one. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. That's verse 26, amen. I believe this sickness, this disease, this COVID has has hardened a lot of people's hearts, including myself. I thank God I got on my knees and I cried out to God. (laughs) And that was just before service. No, No, but really, God wants to give you a new heart. He has his hand out because he is the potter and we are the clay. He's shaping that heart for you. He's like, man, I'm going to hook them up. I'm going to give them a good heart. I'm going to give them a heart where they don't need nothing because the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He is... He's our provider, amen. He's given me joy. He's given, man, I came in the home with just like a whole bunch of dirty clothes. I don't even know if they were clean or not. I'm not sure. My mom's like, take everything and don't walk home. And I was thinking about it. I was like, I'll show you. And I'm glad I said it, amen. Well, my point I'm trying to make is God will give you what you need. We don't need to worry about tomorrow. We don't need to worry about what we're going to eat, even though the world freaked out and they bought all the food. We had no oatmeal to get. We're freaking out, so we just bought all of it. That's a true story. I'll still home. Get it all. You sure? Get it all. People are like, what are you guys doing, baking cookies? I was like, no, nah, this is for the guys at the home. Like, oh, you got a big home. I said, yeah. He's going to last us a while because we don't know if the, the oatmeal factory might shut down. Who knows? This COVID is pretty serious from what I hear, but I, you know, I knew God got me. I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried. You should have been surprised uh, when, when all these restrictions came. There was a handful of people who were believers who were not, you did not sense any fear. They had masks on. People have masks on, right? So all you see is this, their eyes. Or you see people walking around like they're scared, right? They're, oh, my God, they're freaking out. They're like. Don't look at them. You don't know where they've been. So, dude, I've been to the same store you went to. (laughs) No, but really, God wants to give you a new heart. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about tonight because that's where it counts. Don't worry about yesterday. That's already dead and gone. It doesn't matter what you did, it doesn't matter what you said, it doesn't matter what you think, or what you thought. What, what matters is what you think of what you're doing today. Because today's word counts. Today's called the present because it's a gift. That's why it's called the present. Amen? Every day that we have, we should be thankful for. We should, we should give pra- God praise because it's another day that we can lead someone else to salvation. Amen? 
So God wants to give us a new heart. Uh, Ezekiel 26 through 27, I'll read it again. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. God is willing to give you a new heart. Will you allow him to? Remember, revival starts with us. Point number two. God wants to revive our spirit. Go back to Psalms chapter, um, you guys don't have to turn there, but in Psalms 51 verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God. He also says, renew a loyal spirit within me. So create in, uh, in me a clean heart. We got that. We need a clean heart. Renew a loyal spirit within me. This is David again speaking. God, I need a new spirit. I need a, a, a faithful spirit. I need one that's going to be committed to you. A loyal spirit. Loyal, in other words, means faithful. Loyal. You're, you're committed. Amen. God wants people who are committed for the long run. Amen. Disciples, that's a lifetime commitment. You'll never stop learning. You will never stop growing, which is beautiful. Because if, if you think you're good now, wait till five years from now. You're going to be better. Amen. Like Pastor already says, if it's good, it could be better. If it's better, it could be greater. If it's greater, it could be excellent, which means there's always room to grow and improve. Always room. So one of the ways God revives our spirit is by filling us with his spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. If you guys can turn there, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I'll read it again. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let God's Spirit guide you. Remember, your heart determines the course of your life. So if you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, then your heart will be on the right road. Does that make sense? So if the longer or the more that we're committed or the more that we're willing to be submissive to God and his spirit and his word, then the more we'll stay on the right track, the right road, the narrow road. Amen? If it was easy, everyone would do it. What did the guy called commercial say? It's so easy a caveman can do it. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Remember, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says that. You, you can write it down look at it later. So the Holy Spirit helps us when we are weak. So when you feel like you have no strength, when you feel like you're sick in body, when you feel like your spirit's getting sick, getting low, getting weak, well, the Holy Spirit's here to help you. The Holy Spirit's here to guide you. The Holy Spirit's here to remind you of everything that he's promised you and everything that you've learned throughout the years. So... The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. No matter how we feel, no matter what we think, people call it the second wind. For those of you who know, uh, like, work, you know, you'd be working, you know, like, you're almost out of work, and then you get tired, like, oh, like, 
And then you get the second wind again, you're like, all right, let's go back to work. That's not a second wind in the book of uh, Isaiah. It says, those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength like they're mounts up on eagle's wings. They're running, not grow weary. They're walking, not grow faint. We need to trust in God and he will give us new strength. We need to trust in God and his spirit and his word and he will renew our strength. We will run, we will not grow weary. We will walk, we will not faint because the Holy Spirit helps us when we feel weak. The Holy Spirit also teaches us and reminds us. I remember when I first first got saved, it was like not too long ago, 2012. I would read the word. I'm like, what the heck is the Hittites and the Amorites? I'm like, am I even right? Am I right? You know, what the heck is this? What the heck? What does this mean? I didn't understand anything, nothing. It made no sense to me. And then I think you got, which one is it, like Chronicles or Numbers? You got all these names. I'm like, who are these people? I don't understand nothing. But the more I walked with God, the more I was uh, humble, the more I was willing to learn and be submissive, is the more he taught me through his spirit. Amen? And he taught me, he could teach you, and he teaches all of us. That's why it's important for us to be one mind and one accord, and that's why it's important for us to allow God to revive us. So the Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us. The Holy Spirit also leads us. So as long as we're following the Holy Spirit and we're like David and, and we need to stay after God's own heart. Remember, somewhere down the road, he got a little distracted. Somewhere down the road, he wasn't satisfied with what God has given him. So he wanted somebody else's wife. And then he had him killed, her, her husband. So, and then he married her and then had a baby with her. And then because of punishment of his sin, uh, his, his child uh, died. And then he had another child, Solomon, who built the temple. That's a whole nother sermon. But... Uh, what I'm trying to say is we got to be th- uh, content, we got to be thankful, and we got to be grateful for everything that God has given us and will be continue to give us. One of my prayers that I pray is that God bless me so I can be a blessing on others. Like, like, like provide for me so I, can, so I can give somebody else who may be in need. Because I remember when I was, man, God, I was so thirsty. I was like, oh, I had no money. It's like 2 in the morning. Nothing was even open. And no one wants to let me in. I was like, I just want water, please. Nothing. But God was always there with me. He always helped me take that next step. He always gave me that little boost, that little encouragement. He always, he always, he was always there for me. And he's always there for you. You can cry out to him, you can call to him. He's there, he cares, and he loves you. So not only does God's spirit do these things, but it also produces fruit in our lives. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Love is one of the most important fruits right there because with love comes all the other fruits. Remember, there's no greater love than for one to lay his life down for another. And that's what Christ came on earth to do. He laid his life down for us so we could be forgiven of our sins. So we could be given mercy. So we could have a new start, a new life, a new beginning. And God's in this place today asking each and every one of you, if you're willing for him to revive your heart, give you a new heart, give you a new spirit, a new start. Remember, God's Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. When we're walking in the Spirit, when we're walking with God, talking with God, communicating with God, 
wherever you're at, brushing your teeth, getting ready for the day, going to sleep, waking up, wherever you may be at, and you're praying to God, and you're walking in the Spirit, he, well, His Spirit brings love. His Spirit brings joy. His Spirit brings peace. His Spirit brings patience. His Spirit brings kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. His Spirit brings all these good things. And all we need to do is be willing to, to walk in the Spirit, be willing to be obedient, be willing to, to walk with God with this life that He's given us. my next point, point number three, God wants to revive our joy. You know, I know this whole world took a hit. A lot of us probably got depressed. A lot of us probably lost jobs. A lot of us probably lost loved ones. A lot of us probably lost family members. A lot of us had questions. A lot of us didn't know what to do. the enemy to take our joy away because of this pandemic because we weren't really too sure what was going on in life we weren't really too sure if it was safe to go outside we weren't really too sure if it was safe to go to the store we weren't really too sure about all these things so i believe that the enemy was trying to take our joy away so we could begin to fear in the book of uh, first john i don't know what chapter it's in it says uh, perfect love casts out fear and god has perfect love so once you get to know who god is once you feel and, and, and once God reveals this perfect love to you, you'll never fear again. You will never fear about tomorrow. You never fear about death. You'll never fear about where I'm going to uh, spend eternity. Am I going to go to heaven? You're never going to fear these things because God's love casts out fear as we all rise and uh, stand to our feet. Amen. chapter 4 verses 4 through 8 the word of God reads always be full of joy in the Lord I say it again rejoice let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do remember the Lord is coming soon don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If this message has touched your hearts or if this message spoke to you, maybe you want God to give you a new heart. Maybe you want God to give you that new spirit, revive your spirit. Maybe you want God to give you that joy again. 
Maybe you haven't been as joyful as you once were or as much as you should have been. Maybe you don't have as much love as you once had before. Remember, God wants to give his people a new heart, a new start, a new beginning. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus is a new creation. I'm paraphrasing. So once we commit our lives to God, we'll never be the same person again. So if this message touched your hearts, I'm going to open up these altars. You guys are more than welcome to come find a space. Or maybe you've never repented or given your lives to God. Maybe you've never prayed the sinner's prayer. But today I'll give you, God wants to give you that opportunity for, to, for you to repent, to turn away from your sinful nature, and for you to give your lives to God. See, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to be that person that God's called you to be. There's people depending on you that you have no ideas depending on you. So if this message has touched your hearts or you would like to receive salvation, if we can get a show of hands, who would like to receive their, uh, Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we'd love to pray for you. too late to come to this altar and make a change it's never too late God's calling you it's never too late to get up out of your seat and, and come to the altar you never know what tomorrow holds you never know what might happen what could happen and God wants his, his daughter God wants his son God wants his children to come knowing that that he's with them knowing that he will provide for them knowing that he will protect them knowing that he will give them what they need close our eyes and bow our heads and uh, repeat this prayer after me and say Jesus forgive me of all my sins I pray that you wash and cleanse me with your precious blood I repent and turn away from my sinful nature Lord come into my heart make me new Make me whole. We thank you. We love you. We confess with our mouth that you are our personal Lord and Savior. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you said these simple words, if you said this simple prayer, you have forgiven. Your name is written in the book of life. You are forgiven of your sins. You are a new person. You are a new daughter. You are a new son. God loves you and cares for you. As the worship begins to sing it out, I, I, I challenge you to cry out to God wholeheartedly. Give, it, give, you, give him everything. Just, just block out everybody. Just 